DJ and PK, it is time to welcome in Doug Haller, Arizona State writer for The Athletic. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Doug, good morning. Good morning. How are you? We're doing well. How good a morning is it for Arizona State football? How are they handling the, uh, the headlines that started with a dribble and are picking up speed? Um, well, I mean, publicly they're, you know, saying business as usual. I mean, we haven't had a chance to, to talk with them since, uh, the news that they had placed two more assistant coaches on leave. Uh, but, you know, at Pac-12 media day, at the first day of practice, Herm Edwards was asked specifically about, you know, whether this could become a distraction. And he said no, uh, but it is getting harder to believe that because now they're down three assistant coaches, um, just with all the maneuvering that they're doing to fill those spots, that that affects four position groups, uh, about 40 players. And, you know, and and people have told me, like, well, players don't care. You know, all they want to do is is go out there and and compete. That's not necessarily true. I mean, you know, they're they're probably the closest people they are to in the program are their position coach. And, you know, a lot of times those guys recruited them, uh, and now you bring someone else in. And even if they've been, uh, you know, in the meetings and all that, it's, it's a different person. It's different language. Uh, you know, and it takes a, it's a different relationship. It takes some adjustment. So, um, not ideal to be you know three weeks before the home opener and, and having lost thirty percent of your staff for sure. So, as I understand, all this stuff that has gone on is basically somebody ratted them out, and I know you don't want to say, but the idea being the the coach who didn't get the O line job and so forth, and so you got all that. So. The thing that I haven't been able to figure it out is how much did Herm Edwards know? Well, for your first point, uh, you know, I know a lot of the, the, the fan speculation has pointed at Kevin Moai, the coach who didn't get the offensive line job. I'm not, I'm not positive that that's the case. Um, you know, and Kevin and Herm go back, you know, years. They yeah. played. Herm coached him with the Jets, and uh, so you know, I'm not sure about that. Um, how much did Herm know? Uh, you know, based on my reporting, um, you know, and I'm, it comes down to who you trust in this situation because uh, you talk to a lot of people, and sometimes you find out that the people you're talking to are just, you know, they're just repeating things that they heard from someone else who heard them from someone else. <laughs> but uh, I have heard that, you know, Herm was, uh, I have been told by people that I, tr- that I trust that, um, you know, he was aware that they were having some uh, prospects on campus during the non-contact COVID period. Uh, I don't know how many. Uh, I don't know if it's three, four, five. I don't know if it's uh, a dozen or more. Um, but, I mean, it, it does seem like that Herm kind of delegated a lot of his recruiting duties to the recruiting coordinator, Antonio Pierce, um, and then just kind of, uh, you know, was ready that when Antonio needed him to talk to somebody that. You know, based on what I've been told, uh, that that was the case. Now, it's only one side of the story. Uh, Arizona State has not uh, responded publicly, not talked publicly, publicly. And, you know, just as a reminder, these things are just allegations. And, uh, you know, the NCAA will have to prove them uh, before, NCAA, before Arizona State might get punished for them. 
So while obviously a lot of the impact people are wondering about is the impact on this year, how much is this going to impact recruiting going forward? I mean, this is three guys off the recruiting trail who all had high schools assigned to them in-state, although they don't get that many in-state guys, but they're also presumably taking trips when the NCAA allows it to uh, Southern California and to Texas and wherever else they're trying to recruit guys. It seems like losing three assistants on the recruiting trail is a massive hit. Yeah, and that's the big thing. Uh, you know, Arizona State has a lot of talent and a lot of start returning uh, starters in place for this year, but, you know, a lot of times these things really don't impact the program significantly until later. Um, you know, Air, Herm Edwards made some coaching changes uh, a couple years ago, and what he did is he got rid of three guys, and he really went younger. He hired three young kids, I don't want to say kids, three young men, um, all under the age of 30. And the main reason was, uh, you know, a lot of these guys didn't have really any recruiting experience. Or I'm sorry, uh, coaching experience. And the main reason was for recruiting. And it worked. I mean, these three guys, Chris Hawkins, Prince Gill, and Adam Brenneman, the three guys on leave were, uh, you know, they're, they're three main recruiters. I mean, they're related to kids really well. Um, you know, Chris Hawkins, if you use the rankings uh, used by 24-7 Sports, is one of the best recruiters in the Pac-12. Um, he and Prentice Gill, um, you know, teamed up to bring in uh, their top recruit of their 2022 class. You know, who hasn't signed yet? He's just committed, but those were, he were they were the two lead recruiters on him. And so you wonder now, uh, you know, what effect that'll have on the 2022 class and moving forward. If you know they've already lost one commitment, so uh, th- that's a real concern because you know usually when there's a disruption like that uh, in the recruiting, you know prospects tend to look elsewhere. So, as far as the immediate future, uh, uh, these d- decisions to basically suspend these three guys, th- I assume that was Ray Anderson, along with the president, Dr. Crow, calling and saying to Herm, this is what we need to do in the short term. And I view it as sort of plugging the dam, so to speak. But the thought is that, okay, where does this end? Not from the NCA perspective, because that'll run its course as it takes its time to get to that point, whenever that might be. But from the ASU perspective, where does this end in the immediacy? Well, from what I've been told, this is all um, coming from Michael Crow, the school president, uh, so, which is not unusual for him uh, in the past since he's been at Arizona State. Uh, you know, whenever there's issues with NCAA, uh, he gets involved. And, you know, to me, this seems like Arizona State is trying to, you know, from what's been reported, I have not seen the content of this package that was sent to ASU compliance and that is now in the hands of NCAA. I have not seen the content of that uh, a national reporter has. And, you know, it seems like there's some pretty uh, – potentially damaging information in that, and the most significant of that information uh, seemed to deal with the three assistants who are now on leave. So it seems like Arizona State is trying to get out ahead of this, which is not uncommon. You know, in basketball, sometimes we see schools who are under the NCAA microscope, they kind of self-impose a tournament ban or something similar, just to kind of hopefully when the NCAA makes a ruling, they might, you know, show a little, you know, just maybe go a little bit lenient, more lenient than what they would have if they had not self-imposed some penalties. So it seems to me that Arizona State is in that phase right now that they are that they realize that you know they did some things that they shouldn't have and they're trying to get out in front of it a little bit. 
if there are additional moves, I don't know what they would be. Um, you know, there's a lot of speculation around Antonio Pierce, the recruiting coordinator, and whether it's believable that the three youngest guys on staff orchestrated this all by themselves. But, uh, you know, Antonio Pierce is higher up the line, and, you know, he's really connected to, you know, he was, Herm Edwards is grooming him to be the next head coach at Arizona State. So, you know, I don't know. If they would lose him, then that would really, uh, really affect the entire operation. But, you know, whether it gets to that point, I, I don't know. So in the meantime, are the players just uh, shaking this all off and doing their thing? They've got their NFL dreams and their conference title dreams and all that kind of stuff. Does it really cause that big a ripple right now? Well, I mean, you know how players are. They're pretty resilient. Um, you know, it, 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 you know they're going to take an us-against-the-world mentality, which I think makes sense for them. Uh, you know, this is a lot of – I mean, they, they didn't do any of this stuff. Um you know, one of the players at Pac-12 Media Day did say something I thought was really interesting. He said that uh, it was Chase Lucas, their cornerback, all-conference quarterback, and he was there with Jaden Daniels, their quarterback, and he said that they had been talking while they were there in Los Angeles that, you know, if Arizona State doesn't win the Pac-12 this year, they're never going to win it. So um, I thought that was interesting, and I thought maybe he was foreshadowing a little bit about where this might go. Um but, yeah, they're, they're a talented group. I mean, just through the first week of practice, the defense, which returns all 11 starters, has looked outstanding. Now, granted, no one's in pads or anything, so, I mean, it is what it is. But, you know, they they have a lot of experience, a lot of guys, a lot of three- and four-year starters, and, and they've looked apart so far. Um, they have, a, you know, four returning starters on the offensive line and one of the better quarterbacks in the conference and two good running backs. So, they have a lot of pieces, so it could be a situation if they come out and you know get off to a good start. You know how these things work. Uh, you know the noise around the program kind of turns into excitement about you know how the team is playing. So I would say that would probably be, be the best case scenario for them. So we all know, Doug, when Herm got hired, that it was a controversial hire, and he didn't even know the school's nickname and all that stuff. Uh, and we all remember that. He was lambasted. And now it seems like, well, he's gotten a lot of praise. You strip away, it, they're 15 and 13, I think, uh, under his reign against Division One opponents and a couple of uh, big sky wins. You th- sort of throw them out. Uh, so with that in mind, I'm wondering, and he's kept a lot of games close, and that's the big thing where they only lose by one score, but the style of football that they play would dictate, by and large, that the game be close. But I'm wondering if you view, and people in the Valley view this as sort of a make-or-break, not necessarily a make-or-break, but he's got to have a breakout season this year. No, I mean, everything, this is his fourth year, and everything is kind of shaped into, I mean, everything is pointed to this year being the year that they really kind of make that huge step and, and contend instead of, you know, just finishing with, you know, seven win regular season, maybe an eighth win in a, during the, you can get an eighth win in the bowl. So, yeah, I, I think people have been waiting, and, you know, Todd Graham, who was here before Herm, was, was very popular with the fan base. So, you know, when, when Hearn took over, it, it took him a while to kind of win over the fan base. He did. Um, if you've ever been around Herm Edwards, he's about as likable guy as you will find. And, uh, you know, it, it, I think people bought into it really quickly and were, they were willing to give, you know, to wait, you know, see where this goes. Recruiting picked up. Uh, but now, yeah, there's, there's no question. Uh, when they brought in Jaden Daniels as their quarterback, this was the year they kind of circled to say, like, this, all right, we could take a big step. 
Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's time. It, it, it is time. I've said before that Arizona State is always next next season university. It, it always seems like, like, okay, we'll be okay this year, but next year is our year. Um, I've covered this program for uh, over 10 years now, and it seems like that's always, <laughs> always what people are saying about Arizona State. So that time is here. Uh, and if you're an Arizona State fan, it's unfortunate that that time has come and you're in the middle of an NCAA investigation that's affected your program. But, um, you know, it, they have everything in place, seem to have everything in place. They're not the only school that, that has a lot of talent, a lot of returning t- uh, starters. But uh, I would say on paper, Arizona State looks to be in its, the best position it's been to contend in the Pac-12 than I've seen it in a while. Doug Howler joining us, Arizona State writer for The Athletic. Uh, are they worried at all about the youths there? Are they worried about uh, USC? They're just worried about themselves. <laughs> I think they are worried about themselves. Uh, anybody who's not worried about Utah uh, is a fool, in my opinion, uh, because they, Kyle Winningham, um, one of the more underrated coaches in the country, always has his team. Uh, in position to play, and he, it's always a bad matchup, it seems, for Arizona State. And, of course, USC always has talent. It just seems like there's just something missing to bring that all together. So, yeah, I, I would say that those two schools would be the ones those, – those, those, they would be the ones I would worry about. And, you know, I think everyone's always kind of wondering if Chip Kelly is going to get it together or if this is the year that Chip Kelly gets it together. He, um, yeah, I would put USC and, and Utah at the top of my list for sure. So I saw you had a piece on trying to keep kids in state, and I grew up in Arizona, and I'm well aware of that, and I can sort of live with a quarterback from Arizona in the Valley going to Oregon, going to USC, going to Ohio State, going to Oklahoma, going to Ohio State, but Doug, I cannot live with a quarterback from the Valley going to West Virginia. That's out of it. That's over the top for me, and I've had enough of that, and I don't think that it's going to change, and my number one thing is I think the kids are just tired of how hot it is and they want to try something else. But losing a quarterback to West Virginia, that's got to be the topper. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was interesting. The story that you're talking about is something that we at the Athletic we've done through uh, several states is we just contact coaches in the state and ask them a series of questions, uh, and they're able to speak anonymously so they can be honest. Um, just about how their programs are recruited in-state, out-of-state, uh, what works, what doesn't, and you know the Arizona, the Arizona narrative for a, a long time has been that they can't keep the top talent in their backyards. And the interesting part about that in relation to Arizona State is that you know the coaches I've talked to, I talked to eight, pretty much said that you know Arizona State when when Herm first got there uh, was really active, uh, trying to build relationships, and when it didn't immediately pay off, they just kind of shifted gears and directed their attention elsewhere, which, you know, players are players, talent is talent. Uh, you know, people have different opinions on that. But when, you know, one coach pointed out that, you know, Arizona, the state of Arizona could have, you know, possibly three guys in, in New York for, as Heisman finalists this year, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a bad look. I mean, people have pride and, you know, it's always weird to see, you know, your best players going and, and leading other countries to, or I'm sorry, other schools to the college football playoffs. So um, it, definitely interesting. Um, but yeah, that, that's been something that I think not only, you know, I was talking to Dennis Erickson a, a few months ago and, you know, he, he mentioned that. He said that, you know, Arizona always had trouble. And I think you're right. I think the Heat has a big, <laughs> is a big factor because 
uh, you know, practicing at this time of year in, you know, 108, 109 degree heat is not fun for anybody. Anybody at Arizona State offering up any opinions on what the conference ought to do with realignment looming? Not really. Uh, I mean, there's been so much. I mean, to be honest, I think that question's only been asked once. Um, I haven't seen, you know, Ray Anderson was at media day and I requested to talk to him, uh, the athletic director, and uh, was told he wanted to keep the focus on the, on the new commissioner and everything. So, I mean, you know, not, not a lot of people are making themselves available right now uh, for obvious reasons. Um, I, I just think everyone's just kind of focused on, you know, just the season and, and just, you know, trying to see what's next and get through this uh, the best they can. Yeah, we were down there broadcasting up on the uh, 12th floor. Uh, we always go down for media day, and and I have a mutual friend with uh, Ray Anderson, and I went up and said hello to him, and I think he was reluctant to say hi back. He seemed to be a little bit, uh, a little bit edgy when I approached him. I'm wondering, you know, he's the, the Herm is his hire, and there was some basketball issue with a booster or something, and Bobby Hurley's wife got involved and all that stuff. I, you probably know the details more than I do, but the point being for you, uh, what is the level of confidence in Ray Anderson being able to stay on the job at ASU? Uh, that's interesting. Uh, Ray is not only well-respected uh, at Arizona State, but he is well-respected within the conference. Um, you know, he's played a major role in certain things um, throughout the years. However, I mean, you're right. Brain on her, I think, somehow connected those two uh, because it was such an outside-the-box hire. And, you know, I think... You know, and then Ray is really, you know, Michael Crow is also, I think all three are, are connected. I don't think, you know, I'm not suggesting that this could pull all three of them down. That's not the case. Um, but, you know, it's not it's not a good time for him. And a lot of people are just wondering who all who all knew about this. Um, you know, and, and we've reported that at least, you know, the number two guy in command in the athletic department, Gene Boyd, was aware, uh, or at least made aware that there might be some shadiness going on in the football in the football coaching offices. So um, I don't know how much that protects Ray or how much that protects Herm. I don't know, but you know, it seems like to me just starting off um, by you know starting at the lower levels and getting rid of three of the lower guys on the, on you know on the on the staff coaching chart. Um, you know, they're they're working from the bottom up. I, I, you know, I'm not suggesting it'll get to as high as even Antonio Pierce, the defensive coordinator. But you know, I think it's a, it's not an interesting strategy. I think it was probably the strategy that everyone guessed they would go. Uh, but you know, people do have some questions about Ray. You know, especially with Herm being his guy, and then you mentioned the the booster and the and, the, and Bobby Hurley's wife. Um, you know, and how he handled that wasn't probably the best. So uh, it's been it's definitely been an interesting couple of years here. Well, Doug, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us this morning. Hey, I appreciate you having me. I'm I'm looking forward to the season getting started. Doug Haller, Arizona State writer for The Athletic. Join us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Two things. Number one, Kyle's underrated. Every guy says that. (laughs) He's so underrated that he's the most overrated. (laughs) You can't be underrated if everybody says you're underrated. That's got to be an outlier opinion. Like, ooh. Everyone's rating. But right. if everyone says you're underrated, then everyone agrees on how you're rated. So you're not underrated. <laughs> Crazily enough, I follow you. 
Odds were against it, and yet it happened. And, and I have been beating that train now for how long? Everybody loves this said, guy. Yeah, and as soon as Doug said that, I looked at PK and arched the eyebrows, <laughs> tilted head like, you underrated. <laughs> Kyle Woodingham gets so much love and respect. Now, it's all earned. So I have no problem with it, but they keep saying it's underrated. So, if he were in Los Angeles, he would be the greatest thing. But because he's in little old Utah in Dicky Salt Lake City doing what he does, well, he's got to be underrated. Like the old story I told 20-some years ago, Van Horn sitting there the day before that he was going to go number two in the draft. And everybody knew he was going to go number two in the draft. So did it bug you that you weren't recruited by big-time schools? I was recruited by big-time schools. But because he went to Utah, they just assumed that he wasn't. If there was ever a dude who was made to work and live in Utah, it's me. Because you're underrated. (laughs) (laughs) Always the little guy. When you're not really the little guy. Whittingham's a stud football coach, but everybody outside of here thinks he's underrated. (laughs) Drives me nuts. So that's number one. So how much can that be duplicated, though? How much should other coaches look at Kyle and think, well, look how that guy built his image. What have I got to do? Win. How much can I copy? Win. And? It's not just winning. Yeah, but you, you, I don't know. You can copy having an eye for your 17 and I see you at 22. How do you have an eye for that? Not everybody has the eye for that. But it's not just the winning. It's winning where it used to be a non-BCS school, and now it's become Right, because five. he has the eye to develop talent. And so also, he's underrated because he's not getting a bunch of five-star guys, because then he wouldn't be underrated. Well, he's not underrated. He's just not <laughs> underrated. He's not underrated. You but you want that perception. And Well, he's, he doesn't care now, but uh, not Grant, that he ever cared. But a coach, but, but a coach at 40 or 45 would care. Because some people win nine wins and they can't, they, they average nine wins, they can't win the big one. And other people win nine and how do you do it? He's underrated. Well, you have to, you have to be in a place like the, that is viewed as the a bunch of people with yeah. horns coming out of your head and you're eight hours away from Colorado Everything. and six Everything. hours away from Vegas and so yeah. forth and so on. So you're locked in there in the middle of nowhere. Meanwhile, most folks who live here love living here and they want to be locked here by choice. So they don't know. this. It's, it's the Ryan Smith thing. This is a, a great place in the Kevin O'Connor. And if you, and if you just would open your eyes, You'll see it. And most folks, when they get here, their eyes are wide open and they see it. So we all know because we're here. And they don't know that this is a place that you want to be football-wise because we talk about it year-round. And they don't talk about it in most most of the Pac-12 places, cities. They're off the radar. The only time you're talking about it is if it's like ASU's going to get some run now, but it's going to be negative because they keep dropping coaches. There's so many NFL teams in Pac-12 markets, not to mention Major League Baseball and NBA. On and on. Yeah, we just have the one. Yeah, and that plays into come here, and you'll be big. You'll be big time, and you'll be packed, and right. everybody will love you here, and all that stuff. So they don't understand that because they're not here. In the way that people don't understand, Doug Howler, I said, "What about the heat?" Yeah, I think it's a significant reason. Why? Because he's lived there for many years. And you asked Yogi Roth, the foremost uh, Pac-12 authority, I believe, legitimately. I say that sincerely. And you asked, "No, no, I don't think about it," because he lives in Venice. <laughs> 
I'm feeling an ocean breeze. I don't know what you people are thinking about. The more the marine layer didn't burn off till 10:30 this morning. Yeah, and if it gets 80, it's hot. If it's 80, you know what's 80? Oh yeah, that's cold. Uh, October at three in the morning. In that story Doug had, there were a lot of things in there, but he did have one of the high school coaches say, and they had eight anonymous high school coaches from different parts of the valley. And one of them said, well, we just finished practice, and it was 109 degrees. Yeah. I think some guys want to get away from well, that. Most do. Believe me, it now, sucks. Not every coach went to that, but that one coach, anonymous, whoever the heck he was, I mean, he went right to— he was probably a long-time coach. 109. <laughs> the other guys were new. Yeah. So that's the one thing I wanted to bring up. The second thing I wanted to bring up, Ray Anderson, the athletic director, who graduated from Harvard Law School. I think he played football and baseball at Stanford. Uh, I have to double check that, but he's a Stanford guy, and I know he graduated Harvard and all that stuff. Uh, highly, highly accomplished, without question. I just wanted to let you know that his wife's name is Buffy. That's it? Yeah. Okay, then. <laughs> I don't know if that has to do with anything, but... <laughs> well, isn't that... That's kind of cool. His wife's name is Buffy. Do you know any Buffys? Outside of the Vampire Slayer? That's where it's going to go. <laughs> so I know a TV uh, there show. Was a, there was another TV character, though, like back in the... <laughs> 60s. I don't know what show it was. The 60s? And you're yeah. pointing at me asking if I know? Yeah, because yeah, you watch old TV shows with your <laughs> parents and your grandparents. You. Uh, you know this stuff. Uh, I, the only one I know is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> There's another one. Who? Or what? Uh, I'm struggling now. Um... I'll have to. I'll I'll dig it up during the break. It'll give me something to do during the break. It's I, I don't a know. Television I show a character, but not a real person. Yeah, there were two kids. It might have been a single dad or something in the '60s. I don't know. I can't. I, I'm not old enough to remember that stuff, but I see him in reruns later oh, on, yeah, 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 and it just yeah. didn't do it for me. So I saw five or whatever. Somebody in Buffy, TV characters named Buffy. Oh, of course. Everybody knows that. Family Affair, Jody and Buffy. Yes, there it is. <laughs> Family Affair. They did that stupid kaleidoscope open. Yeah, I don't like that show. <laughs> My brother's trying to watch it. Turn the channel. There's a game on. Come on. I'll watch that. All right, DJ. That was a good poll by you, Family Affair, though. Well done. All right, when we come back, everything you missed in this show, aside from that bit of nonsense, next. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30, presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON, on your home of the best college football coverage in Utah. 975-1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. The Top 60 and 60 is back in the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the Top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness here on the Zone Sports Network. You Shasta trailer tweeting at us, family affair with Brian Keith. Yes, it was Jody and Buffy, but don't forget that the older sister was Sissy. So I'll see your Buffy and raise you a Sissy. I have no knowledge of the characters. <laughs> the only reason why I knew that is because I read somewhere the Jody kid went to BYU. 
Aha, the nice. local tie. Yeah, and I must have seen it somewhere along the line here locally. His name is Johnny Whitaker. He's 61 years of age. He had some addiction issues and became a counselor. And I'm looking at a story that uh, was published in the L.A. Daily News in uh, 2015, I think. And it talks about Whitaker as a certified counselor at the Tarzana Treatment Centers and a leader in other San Fernando Valley-based anti-substance abuse organizations. So this was obviously six years ago, but uh, he was a child actor, went to BYU, uh, and lives uh, in Santa Clarita. Well, um, five, six years ago he did anyway, and so he was doing great work in the addiction business. And so uh, I remember reading the story about that and how he went to BYU, and he went on a Mormon mission to Portugal and graduated from BYU. That's a heck of a life story right there. He married a woman from Reseda, which is in the Valley, San Fernando Valley also. Uh, And then he got divorced. And quoting him, I decided to go to the dark side. Uh, So, and he abused drugs and blah, 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 and had all sorts of issues there. uh, But came out of it uh, and became this this counselor, which is obviously good news there. And I remember hearing and reading the story, and that's, I don't remember ever watching the show. Sissy, I have zero knowledge of Sissy. Although I do have a Sissy in my life, but that's another story. (laughs) All right. that's a wild story (laughs) that people would be stunned if they knew the truth about. Uh, Famous uh, people named Buffy, you you dared people, and now here they go. Everybody's Google searching and sending this stuff. Are you ready? Ray Anderson's (laughs) wife, the athletic director at Arizona State. Who was an NFL guy for a number okay, of I don't, years. I don't want to go His through, wife's name's Buffy. I don't want to go through all these people I've never heard of in that, but Buffy Wicks, California State Assembly member, so there's a politician named Buffy. Buffy Tyler, Playboy Playmate. Oh, Buffy Tyler? Yeah. June 72? Born in 1978, <laughs> so that would not, <laughs> that math would not work. Uh, Buffy Gilmore, the main character in Scary Movie. Some of you like Scary Movie. Uh, Buffy, the sister-in-law of Mike Motley in the comic strip Motley's Crew. And last one, and then I'm done with this. I know they're going to keep coming, though. Uh, Dorothy Chandler of the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion, Los Angeles Angeles cultural leader, nicknamed Buffy. Oh, yeah, but nicknamed Buffy. Well, I guess... I don't. People may not have said, "Hey, Dorothy." They may have said, "I hey, mean, Buffy. in tender moments, I call you Buffy." That no, doesn't geez, really count. <laughs> also, Buffy is Russian President Vladimir Putin's dog. All right, and we're done. <laughs> we got the Putin's dog. We're done, people. <laughs> well, how do you say Buffy in Russian, though? I have no idea. <laughs> That is uh, something you can back. do after ten o'clock. All right, let's get people up to date on the parts of the show that really mattered. That you found interesting. Jeff Garcia, Spurs, uh, digital journalist for a KENS5 and host of Locked On Spurs. He covers the Spurs. He thinks Rudy Gay's got something left in the tank. He thinks he can defend the three, the four, and the five. He says those wild, and you specifically asked about this, these wild swings in his three-point percentage, he says are largely a product of the team, his teammates, and the system. He thinks he'll shoot it fine here into the club that spreads the floor and you know, they got to defend Gobert against the alley oop, and they got to defend Mitchell, and Gale get his open shots and he'll make them. 
Well, he's due for a bad season because he went like 41, oh, yeah, 40, yeah. It's 31, a, 38. It's an odd even thing. It's six <laughs> years. It's literally every other year for six, four years, I guess, in San Antonio. I'm excited to see what he can do here because he's a proven commodity in the NBA. How much does he have left? That's the only issue. If he's got enough left, then he's going to be a good player because he's been a good player for a number of years. At some points on lesser teams, he's been... Uh, the main guy or the second guy in the rotation as far as scoring and all that stuff. So he's got some ability, and he's coming in here. I saw it so many years living in Los Angeles in the 80s that they would bring in uh, a Michael Thompson-type player, and there were other players too. I'm trying to think of them, and their names are escaping me. But they bring in veteran dudes, and they would just need them to do what they do, but they wouldn't need them to do it for 40 minutes or so. And so is that what Rudy Gay is capable of accomplishing? I think he is, and that'll give them something that they can count on. And then so it looks, it looks like on paper anyway that the additions that these guys made are good. Whether it translates into the season, well, that's going to be one of the fun parts, and there's many fun parts to follow the team through in the course of an 82-game season that starts when the weather's good and ends when the weather's good, and the majority of them is when it's played when the weather's crappy. So it's such a long season in the NBA that it could it could end in uh, in the summer and or close to it. And, you know, when is it going to end? So it's a great storyline, a great, a great plot that obviously will follow to the nth most degree. Well, Jeff's take was that. Rudy will be good this year. He was not convinced that three years was a great idea. But hey, if you get the year or two you need up front, then the third year, it goes back to Kevin O'Connor's theory, you have to overpay free agents. It's competitive for these guys, and that's, in this case, how you overpay a guy at the end of his career. You've got salary cap luxury tax issues now, but you give them a third year. And the way we've seen contracts move, remember when there was a time when they, people would say, and it was true, well, that, that contract isn't tradable. They're just going to have to live with that, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an anchor. That was wrong. Not anymore. It was true at the time, I think. But now, we've seen Chris Paul traded twice on a massive contract. Westbrook, Westbrook got yeah. traded on a massive contract. Harden got moved on a massive contract. He's better, so maybe that's a little easier to understand. But, man, Paul had a massive positive impact on Phoenix. That's why so. I've always signed uh, company contract friendly deals. Oh yeah? Yeah. So you're tradable? Yeah, so if they you know they want to move me, they can. I, and I've never wanted to strap, because I wanted you guys to be able to get paid too. Mm-hmm. Team player. What a guy. Let's have a conversation after the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yuck. Absolutely. Yuck wants a race. Well, not Tuesdays. Tomorrow I can do it. Okay, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> Question of the day, and a lot of people have been uh, debating this, and the answers range from Jeff, who's 100%. Mike Conley says he's working on the hammy issues and hopes of being fully healthy. What's your confidence level? Jeff, 100%. He clearly thinks the offseason will clear up whatever the problems were. And then you got David. Is a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, I'm about a 2. A uh, 2? He's played in two of the three playoff series. I get... He missed a playoff series, then they lost, and it was a massive disappointment. But he's played in two of three playoff series, so a two seems a little on the low end, David. Yeah, they're paying him a ton of money, so they've got to have confidence in it that he's going to be able to be healthy and be available. Well, he doesn't have a full offseason, but he has a fuller offseason to get healthy. Now, I think you could argue, well, there was four months of stoppage before the playoffs. But we're in lockdown. Yep. But he got healthy enough for the playoffs. And then there was a 
for the Jazz, there would have been, what, another three months? Two, Just, two months. The only thing I ask of Mike is to time the conception. Oh, going back to the playoffs a year ago. Yeah. Well, he didn't know the playoffs were going to be delayed into the fall. Oh, I know. I'm not criticizing yeah, him. Yeah, that, that one was timed. But now you know. <laughs> so plan around it. Also, we had on Doug Haller, Arizona State writer for The Athletic. Level of concern for Sun Devil fans. Oh, it's high. Although I do think this year... High long-term. They're going to be okay. It's high long-term. Well, not next season. Subsequent seasons. They're going to have to clean this up somehow. I mean, you could say, oh, and, he, and I know what he realizes, what he has to say. This is just an allegation. Well, you don't suspend three coaches. For just an allegation. Yeah. I, I will say, you know, Todd Graham was popular and all that. And I think that the one year that Kirk Herbstreet, because he had the two 10-win seasons, and they had the best Tuesday practice ever. And, and the best Wednesday practice ever. And the best And they went into that practice. third season after two uh, consecutive 10-win seasons had been the first since Frank Cush. Although it was a little bit misleading because they play more games uh, than they used to. but And I think Herb Street picked him, and I, I could be off on this, but I think I'm correct on the timing that Herb Street picked him to go to the playoffs. Like, I mean, and they finished 6-7. and seven. And I think right before, like a week or two before the start of the season, Graham had to suspend his son, who was the running's back, running back's coach. And I think the story goes because there was some messing around with a student there on – Something or other. You're correct. And so, with that in mind, little that that so this distraction as far as the way timing bigger than that, and the timing is basically the same, same, give or take a week or two. And now it's three coaches instead of one. That's massive. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever heard this and happen. The, and the long term, right? I don't. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Someone can find something, send us to it. You know, we'll pass it along. But yeah, I just think this has to be a massive hit on recruiting. This but is, that's what I'm saying. There are so but not many. now. Right. It doesn't impact that wouldn't impact this year's team. No. But how it impacts the class uh the signing oh, date in I December would, I would think would be a major the, impact. Yeah, it'd be huge. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I would think that would be a significant hit to the program. I don't I don't I can't deny and it. And they need to on the one hand this could drag out the way Arizona basketball did. Arizona basketball got to the resolution that we all thought was coming, but did it play out over 2 years or 3? Oh, it was three. Yeah. But ASU football can't really afford that in recruiting. That'll no, be a huge a hit much this bigger numbers on. game. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So I mean, they these do are dark times. I don't, I don't deny that. Get along with it. Yeah. And, and well, the big thing now, you can get rid of those other guys. I, mean, I don't think it's that big of a deal in coaching. Uh uh, yeah, I know that they're position coaches, but these guys change. Position coaches change every freaking year to one degree or another. So if if you have the same position coach all four or five years. That's unusual. Yeah. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. But if they go after Pierce, then that's a massive deal. He's the D coordinator. He's the heir apparent. The he runs the show in a lot of ways. So if they if they have to suspend him, if this gets him, to him, then it's him. And then the, yeah, and that's just one step away from Herm. And I would think at that point they would be cleaning house uh, sooner rather than later if it goes all the way up. 
But I do think that these guys on the team this year, this actually can bond them a little bit and say, hey, let's, we didn't come back for 2022. So, and all of us are playing for our NFL stock. So go out there and ball. If you don't want to worry about the team, worry about yourself. And you can get away with that in football to an extent. Or it could be uh, they, they BYU beats them up here and they lose an early conference game. And let's just pack UCLA. it in and get, get this over UCLA's with. UCLA's an early conference game. They've lost two out of three to those guys. I mean, Herm is a world beater, and but he can't beat them consistently. And he's 0-2 against Colorado. So they weren't that good to begin with, really. <laughs> so are they 5-0 and coming to Utah, or are they 3-2? and Or 2-3. and yeah. Any number of uh, things can go in there. I like their chances to beat SUU. Other than that, you know, we'll see. All right, DJ and PK, when we come back, your feedback. Stay with us. Feedback of the day is brought to you by Ochre Mountain Pharmacy. Quit spending time sorting pills. Call Ochre Mountain Pharmacy today and have them sort and deliver your custom prescription blister packs for free of charge. Call them at 801-252-1000. That's Ochre Mountain Pharmacy. A lot of people responding to... The question, Mike Conley, he's working on the hammy issues in hopes of being fully healthy. What's your confidence level? Trevor says, I think the team can and will do better with load management. He isn't going to find a time machine and go back to being 25, but the team can strategically rest him to be ready for the playoffs. Also, that was a condensed season. I'm stoked he resigned. Stoked. He's fired up. He's ready to go. Yeah. Jay Hadley says, Michael, get it figured. I won't be surprised if the Jazz exercise some load management this season. I honestly think they should. we got to come up with a better phrase than load, load management. management. I just don't like load management. Based on what Mike said and what he's added, the yoga and the stretching, he will be good to go. Harold, right. fully confident. Oh, when you do yoga, you should see me. When I put on my yoga pants and I go down to the gym, it's like a freaking crowd comes out. <laughs> Yuck, that was an awesome face. <laughs> that face should be a meme. When you see me in my yoga pants, I, I mean, it's one of the finer sights. If you could not use the phrase, see me in my yoga pants again, I think everybody would thank you. So you want to see me without my yoga pants? Blue jeans. <laughs> this just got worse. Blue jeans. What are you, Reverend Blue Jeans? <laughs> in this case, absolutely. I've just examined blue all jeans. I've examined all my options. You want me to put on my dungarees too? <laughs> <laughs> Your dungarees. I look hot in leather. What can I say? <laughs> my blue jeans? Reverend Blue Jeans. <laughs> Sex sells, PK. Which is why I've heard that one in a long time. Which is why I am a marketable commodity. That's why you went to the yoga pants. Sex sells. I mean, when I go and have my yoga pants, let me just say, there's more than one female that says, PK, take it off, baby. PK, take it off, baby. Again. (laughs) Jeremy checks calendar. Not worried. Robert, Robert says, age is not your friend. <laughs> He's got a meme from the end of uh, uh, Saving Private Ryan where they do the, the, the morphing and uh, Damon turns into the older actor who plays him at the uh, cemetery at the end of the movie. <laughs> That's a little brutal. It is, I agree. <laughs> Just going from 20, 25 to 75. 
All right, DJ and PK, we're all done. Hands and Scott are up next. We will see you tomorrow.